Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Limerick Today, I read the front page of the Limerick Post, which had a shocking story, which quoted local TD Morris Quinlevin as saying there are now crack cocaine supermarkets in Limerick or houses that are acting like crack cocaine supermarkets and that we're on a cocaine collision course which could lead to the return of gangland violence. Well, fresh from the first day back in the Doyle, he joins us in the studio this morning and we're also joined by Councillor Daniel Butler, this time wearing a different hat, that of drug education worker with Limerick City Drugs Education Prevention Strategy. You're both welcome. Good morning to you. Morning. Morning. Busy day yesterday, Morris. Yeah, busy day in the doll. Um, we tried to elect a Taoiseach. There was uh, four nominations of Mary Lou MacDonald. Obviously, it was historic, even though we didn't win it yesterday. First woman to be nominated for Taoiseach, and she got the highest vote yesterday. So that was quite impressive. She got 45 votes. Still shorter where we need to be. But I think there'll be further discussions. Um, I think all the parties agreed that Sinn Féin were first out of the blocks. We've met with most of the parties. Um, we haven't met with Fine Gael. Um, and Fianna Fáil are refusing to meet with us so that's that's back in Fianna Fáil's hands um, what was clear um, from the election was that people voted for change and change Ah we've done all that I sorry know, Mars we've done all that yeah, I just want to know what was the atmosphere like? The atmosphere was good you know it's always the first day back Everybody up Dickied up and looking uh, their best because you know, all the like, cameras are In fairness, um, it's, it's really exciting, especially for people, it's first term, like, you know, Brian Leiden was there, I met yeah. his mother, you know, the former mayor of Limerick, Kathleen, who had been a good friend of mine as well. I it's like, it's kind of like the first day at school, isn't it? Because I you kind like of remember, I'm sure you remember your first day. Yeah, I, I, and I do, and the, sec- and the returning was quite a nice day as well, but it was, it was actually like going back to school in in, 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 a, in a certain way. Like, um, but look, pencil it, case, huh? It's great for you, no, no pencil case, no fairness, but it it was great for your families. It was great for your friends to yeah. be there, you know, as a great atmosphere there. And then you have the unique stuff like when the healer is turn up, there's always a bit of a crack there, you know, and, you know, like, but it was good. And for, for myself, from my own perspective, my own party's perspective, we had 37 TDs, so it was a massive crowd. Mm. It was first time ever, you know, and for the first time ever, they were shown it's it live on cameras and TVs across the whole Dodd, so all the rooms were filled where people couldn't cram into the Dodd chamber itself. So, you know, it was a great day in fairness. Like, but, you know, there was serious business been trying to be done as well. We I elected know. a Kamkola and there was four uh, attempts to elect a Taoiseach. Yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll talk about the serious stuff plenty of times ahead. Mm. And this is a serious topic that we're talking about today, but it's different uh, from what went on in the Dáil yesterday. And that story, the front of the uh, the Limerick Post... Was it 124 people seen coming and going from one particular house? Yeah, that was on Christmas Eve in one house in the city. Um, and it's unfortunately, that house is still operating. Um, it has been subjected to guard raids and everything. Um, and there's a number of houses across the city. It's not just in the one area. And I don't want to identify any area because it's not fair no, but- on, on the residents who live there. Um, but, you know, we do have a problem. This is an issue I raised um, at the JPC, uh, there's another JPC meeting this morning, Joint Policing Committee. I raised with the Garda Commissioner before Christmas. He came down to Limerick. I specifically, I used the word beg, which I don't, wouldn't normally use. I begged him to get involved in, in the issue in Limerick, especially the issue around crack cocaine. There's a criminal gang in Limerick that are mixing that in, in into heroin and selling it that way. And I know from people who are dealing with the uh, addicts and stuff that it's presenting in huge numbers of cases. Now, whereas heroin is slightly reducing in the city, uh, crack cocaine and co- cocaine itself is is increasing dramatically. Please tell me, Daniel, that he's grossly exaggerating this. No, I mean, nationally, we definitely have a very serious cocaine issue. 
uh, full stop and that's the starting point uh, we have a huge spike in increase in cocaine over the last 12 to 18 months there's no doubt about it and that's often come in line, comes in line with economic recovery when people have a few quid in their pocket that they generally do they do turn to the using cocaine so there's certainly no doubt that there's uh, wide and uh, open use of cocaine across many of our social outlets mainly bars across the city and indeed the county um, so we have a very serious issue and crack cocaine is a very different chemical very different drug to be talking about what's the about. difference? Well, they're both the same source, so they both come from the coca plant and they're both uh, start off as cocaine. But with crack cocaine, what happens is they add ammonia to it or normally baking soda, uh, baking powder locally. You heat it and then you let it cool and then it crystallises and it forms about the size of a raisin and then the users then will heat it and they'll inhale it or smoke it uh, through crack pipes. Um, the difference is that the high that you get off of crack cocaine, uh, you'll 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 be up and down in it in about ten to fifteen minutes. The impact on the body, uh, the mind, is quite significant. People can become quite psychotic on, on it. Uh, the behaviour can be be quite extreme as well. It would be criminality, violence, um, and it's caused quite significant. So they're two very different drugs with very different types of users. But if you okay, if you take it right, and you're up and down within fifteen minutes. I imagine there's limited damage you can cause. You can cause a fair amount of damage within 15 minutes, but do they take it again no. then after they're down after the 15 minutes or well, what? Well, anything that's uh, you come up with, cocaine is a similar period as well. It's 15 to 20 minutes you're up and down really? for one line. So that's why it, well, any drug that you come up and come down with is very addictive because straight away you need to get that hit again in order to, to, to get the same hit uh, as you did before. So the, it is highly, highly addictive and the damage is quite is huge because if you think about your own car, if you put a super fuel into it and you, and you burn it quite quickly, the damage you're going to do to the engine is quite, quite significant because you're going to put it to high revs, you're going to put it to a quite high temperature and you're going to damage your car. Very same with your body. If you're putting your body to those kind of extremes, it's quite high. And anybody that's in full-blown addiction in terms of crack cocaine, I wouldn't expect a life expectancy beyond 12 months to, to 18 months. It's quite extreme. And also, it's not just the, the, the impact on the body, but the impact on behaviour and the activity that you engage in is putting you in a place of danger, whether it be criminality, whether it be violence, or whatever that might be. So it's quite a different drug. But it's important to note that cocaine use and crack cocaine use are very, very different. And the numbers are widely different. So it's important not to, and to are confuse the, are... the boat. Are the social um, groups that use the two drugs different as well? Very, very different. So in Limerick, in relation to crack cocaine, it's some of our most vulnerable people mm. in Limerick. So these largely are homeless individuals. Is some, it cheaper? Um, no, it's not. So it's it's not it, it it it's largely homeless people that use it to start off with, and and many of them also will have also be heroin users as well. So you have a very vulnerable group engaging in very in a very extreme activity. And I would have seen it <clears throat> when I worked in uh, addiction treatment maybe about ten years ago, where it spiked at that period as well, where we had heroin users that were coming where they were going up in crack cocaine and coming down in heroin. Uh, and the impact on, that, on your body is quite extreme. So we would gauge numbers-wise in Limerick, uh, talking to services, 50 to 60 individuals possibly are engaged in activity at intermittent times, not necessarily in a week-in, week-out basis, but at intermittent times. 50 to 60 people using it, but yet 124 people came and get, went from one particular house on one day. Buying cocaine. 
Cocaine use is is okay. rampant in the city, right. and especially at Christmas time, you will find people will buy large quantities over the Christmas because there's plenty of parties going on, and Christmas will be a very busy time for a lot of drug user drug dealers across the city. So it's not unusual, and we are seeing open drug dealing, open drug use in relation to cocaine. There have been quite a lot of seizures in the first, to be fair to the guards now, yeah. because people were raising that point. If if 124 people were seen coming and going from a particular house and the dogs in the street knew what was going on in that house, how is it the guards can't shut it down? But I know that there have been significant, a significant number of significant seizures and arrests in relation to drugs since... The, the beginning of the year. Yeah, look, the Guardian have done a very good job and I've commended them publicly a number of occasions on what they've done, um, but their resources just simply aren't there. You know, they might uh, seize drugs. It can take a number of months for the prosecution to come to court and that person, you know, for instance, it takes quite a while for the drugs to be analysed, for the charge to be done, and this is what I was told by senior Guardian in the city. Um, it can take quite a while for that to be done and for instance that person who might have been arrested and, and was charged but hasn't been pros- fully prosecuted is back on the street the following day or the day later he gets bail and then he's selling 24-7 because he knows he's going to go to prison in a couple of months anyway um, and, but, and but more than likely because he doesn't have a choice because all he is is a little foot soldier whose life is owned by and, somebody and, and who that, is untouchable. That would be my biggest concern is that people who are pulling the strings in this, and this is what I try to say publicly, we need to re- reinforce and fund better the Criminal Assets Bureau so that people who are who are the godfathers or whatever, whatever, whatever word you want to use about them, people who are manipulating and they go after vulnerable people, they go after people who are probably addicts themselves, um, the people who would be on the front line selling the drugs, but the people who are controlling that, bringing the drugs into the city, and who are deliberately, deliberately targeting vulnerable people to make sure they're going to crack. Those kingpins, should they be charged in a special criminal court? I have no problem with charging them in a special criminal court. Absolutely none whatsoever. Um, and, you know, if the special criminal court is, is where they need to be taken into. I mean, we have concerns about the way the special criminal court works, but okay. it, we, we don't favour, we favour review the special criminal court, but I have absolutely no problem using special criminal court to take people off of the streets. And, and my main concern about all of this is, is people who are addicted to this through, through whatever vulnerable way they are, but people in the communities who live next to this, where, these, yeah. where, where this is going on, and I'll get phone calls morning, noon and night from older people especially, people who get knocked on the door three or four times a day because they go to the wrong house, um, you know, and it, it's, it's simply unfair. And what I'm thinking of is the parents of teenagers living close by or kids who are about to become teenagers. How do you keep them away from it? How, you know, it is so difficult. It's very easy to say, oh, you just bring them upright and tell them no. But when that sort of temptation is on their doorstep, it must be really, really difficult. It is very difficult to be a parent, you know, for stuff. Um, I, I certainly know all about that. And look, I'm working with young people. Uh, what I find is with young people, um, and my job is to educate uh, young people, and our approach is that we educate them, we give the information to make better and more informed and safer decisions in the reality. Because as a parent, we can't sit in them, we can't watch them 24 hours a day, no. but we can certainly educate them and equip them with the tools to make the right decisions for themselves. And if they do use drugs, and the reality is, we have to be honest here, we have something in the region of one and two people at third level institutions taking drugs. So and they're all supposedly well educated. Yes, so you're 50-50 chance of that young person mm. using drugs. But what we want to, want, want to do is that if we accept that reality, 
we give those people the right education to make informed decisions so that they make a safe decision. So if they are going to use the drug, and one and two are going to use it, that they do use it in a safe manner and they realise what they're getting themselves into. So they realise what not to mix it with, what quantities not to take. And they're the kind of things that we need to accept. You accept the reality. Up until now, the truth, in my opinion, is we stick our head in the sand and we pretend that the drug mm-hmm. problem isn't there. We have to accept the reality. And when we accept that a reality, then we can start to work with it and try to support young people to stay safe. Because that's really what it should be about. Because, let's be honest with it, about Julian, the most widely abused drug in this country is alcohol. Mm. And it causes the most damage, it causes more damage than cocaine quite comfortably. So, you know, you need to accept the reality and work with the reality and do something about it. And do you think that young people should feel comfortable coming to their parents and saying, you know, admitting to their parents that maybe they might snort a line of coke um, at a party now and again, I'd, like uh, hands up, I'd be absolutely horrified, horrified. It, you know, I've teenagers, and it would scare the living daylights out of me. But you think maybe I should just get my head around it and try and say, well, if you're going to use it, make sure you know who the supplier is. Well, you should get, give them information, give them access to information, give them to access to supports, to supports out there, let them know what those supports are. They may not come to you, but they'll go to some a trusted adult, mm-hmm. they'll go to the GP, they'll go to a drug surface, they'll go to somebody like myself, a drug worker. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of services out there making people aware of them and making known what they are. Obviously, as a drug worker, I'm biased and I believe that in drug education is where we need to be investing money. A huge amount of money is 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 invested in su- in supply reduction, which is enforcement and mm-hmm. guarantee and all that. And the war on drugs, ladies it's and gentlemen, is well and truly lost. Mm. So we need to accept the reality we're not going to win that battle and, and look at where are we spending our money. Uh, spending our money on, on huge millions on that, is it worth it? Should we be spending our money on education, on prevention, rather than down the latter end of things when people are already down a road of addiction? And think they're the kind of questions that society needs to start talking about and right. look at look at this whole issue in a new way. Okay, well, we'll leave it there for this morning. Listeners, let us know what you think. 86 or give us a call on 46 Thanks to TD Morris Quinlevin and Councillor Daniel Butler. Call Limerick today now on 461995.